Well, hello, and welcome to New Mommy at 40 podcast, where we hold space for those entering or currently in parenthood at an seasoned stage of life, their 40s. I'm your host, Victoria. Whether you're new here or visiting us again, thank you for stopping by. Come on in, put up your feet and enjoy being in the company of someone who gets you and the amazing and exhausting journey you've taken on. While you wait for our guest today, click on that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a future episode right now. Oh, and follow us at New Mommy at 40 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new In April of 2020, the world got to know a beautiful and resilient woman's emotional and heart-wrenching story. Newly diagnosed with COVID-19 while being six months pregnant and unable to breathe on her own, she was put into a medical-induced coma only to wake up many days later as a new mommy to a very premature baby. To me, she was Jo, the woman I admired from work, a then 39-year-old rock star who knew that she was meant to be a mommy and that her baby was waiting to meet her. She left tradition and societal expectations at the door and designed her own path to motherhood. That's why this episode is called An Empowered Single Woman's Road to Motherhood and Her Triumph Over COVID. So... Most of the world will know this name. That's Zion in the back. Right on cue. Don't don't change a thing. I I, I like her. I like hearing her. Um, so most of the world may recognize your name because of how Zion came into the world at the height of the COVID pandemic. We'll get to know her a little bit differently, so to speak, in the way that I know her as my friend and, and former coworker and get some updates of her and Zion. But I just want to say welcome to Johanna Mendoza Chonkai. Thank Ooh, you. Did I say it? Nice. Johanna Mendoza Chonkai. Yay! Yeah. At the middle name and see how you can tell. Okay. Can well, no, they don't need to know all the government names. I'm just kidding. No, no, they I'm don't kidding. need to know all the government names. I'll, I will practice it, though, as soon as we're done with this call. <laughs> with this chat. That's funny. How are you, Joe? I am good. I'm good. Um, the year just started. So far, so good. So far, so good, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, like with the past two years, we've been wanting every year to like, you know, zoom by. When is yeah. the year over? When is the year? But the year has been good so far. So, yeah, That's I can't good. complain. Yeah, no. Well, you know, you're not a complainer. Okay, let's get it that right. <laughs> Let me tell you about this, this lady, my friends uh, listening. She is one of the strongest cookies I I know, and I've known her to be someone who really doesn't let a lot uh, bother her. You feel like someone that like yeah. pretty much can ha- can weather the storm pretty well. And if it gets to the point where you are complaining or upset, it's taken a lot to get you there. Am yeah, I right? I am. Yeah, I'm this, I, I don't get upset easily. But when you do get me, yeah, you'll know. Well, that's why it's even probably more scary for the person <laughs> that has gotten you upset because you are so with the flow, zen, namaste, cool-headed person. So 
Yeah, I, that's that air sign in me. Yeah, yeah. And I that's why when you made the news uh, last year, I just couldn't help but wonder how you are dealing with this. So, Joe, so let's hear from you because I there's so much more to you than this story. But I do think that it definitely cements who you are as a person and and how you can overcome things. Bring us back to to Zion's. Yes. Coming well, into how, this how world. back do you want me to? Because I can simplify this. There's a long story. So yeah. <laughs> well, we how can... back do you want me to go? Well, you know what? How many months were you when you found out you had COVID? Yeah, I, I was six months. Six months pregnant. Um, I remember I was going for like a routine check, and actually, I was going to get my papers filled out for for my leave because um, I couldn't work anymore, and it was so busy at the doctor's office because it was just when this whole COVID thing started. Can imagine. And they were brushing me off because they're like, you know, who cares about papers for your pregnancy? <laughs> we have a pandemic right on now. our hands. I yeah. know. People and are I'm dropping like, like flies. And yeah, I know. Cool. And it's like, and I was like, no, I got, I have a cough. <laughs> and then they were like, you have a cough. And, forget it the whole mood changed and then they started asking me all these questions and i'm like yeah i have a cough i have this mind you i did have a cough but i wasn't feeling ill but i just wanted to <laughs> be right. seen <laughs> right yeah i've been there and, yeah and so they came into the room all decked out you know with their gowns or masks and all and then they gave me a test and then i was at home and two days after they called me and they were just like just so you know, you tested positive for COVID. And I was not really alarmed. I was like, okay, well, you know, this is going to be like a flu. You know, I went through a really hard pregnancy that I was sick a lot. So I was like, so I prior handled to so this, much you already. had already had complications. Yeah. So I was like, I handled so much already. I can handle this. That was my mentality. I did start feeling a little ill, but I was like, this must be allergies since I suffer from seasonal allergies. I was like, okay, allergies in play too, you know, I'm congested. And then I stayed home and I was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then they, the doctor told me, they were like, if you feel ill, just go to the hospital. And honestly, when I started feeling a little more ill, I was actually scared to go to the hospital because the pandemic, it was just getting worse. And you hear in the news that, you know, and I'm like, and then in retrospect, I'm like, I should just gone. I mean, I had COVID already. And that's why everybody's scared again. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, you know what it is, is like people were afraid to go to hospitals at the time. It was like, you were going to ground zero of the, the pandemic. It's like, am I going to get reinfected? <laughs> you know? Right. And that, but yeah. also I just didn't want to catch other things on top of COVID. So right. I was just like, I was nervous to go to the hospital. Um, with the help of a, a friend doctor, I was taking care of myself at home. She would FaceTime me all the time and check up on me. And it came to a point where I woke up one morning and I was like, I can't breathe. It's okay, mama. And then so um, my roommate at the time, I got her, I was like, we need to call the ambulance. And then that was it. The, that was March of 2020. I was taken to the hospital. And right away, they told me that you do not look good. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't feel good either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might have to intubate you. And if we intubate you, there's a possibility that we would have to take the baby out. Mind you, I was just six months pregnant. And I freaked, I freaked yeah. out. 
and I'm calling my sisters and everybody, and you know, everybody's response is like, no, no, that's the worst case scenario. That won't happen. That's the worst case scenario. And then the next thing you know, they're like, we're going to have to intubate you. You're not getting any better. Right away when they told me they're going to have to intubate me, uh, they literally took me to a room. And it was like a room. It wasn't even like a, one of the patient rooms. It was just like a room. That's how busy the hospital were. And I just text my sister, hey, I'm going down under what? <laughs> I'm going like down I under. That. I think I did. <laughs> I was I'm going down under. Any, whatever they decide, just make sure that the baby um, survives. Whatever happens, just make sure the baby survives. And um, I told the doctors that as well. And so, yep. They they intubate me. They put me in medical juice coma. They intubate me, and so what does that mean? So ten- let's break it down. So, so they intubate you, meaning your oxygen obviously was obstructed, like you could not breathe on your own. Correct. Yeah, they gave me um, some supplemental oxygen, but they it was working um, external, wow. and then it wasn't working, so they had to intubate me. Um, and with that, um, they have to put you in medical juice coma, I guess, because that's what they did to me. <laughs> wow. And then, yeah. And then after that, 10 days later, I woke up. <laughs> you were... There's a lot that happened in between, I'm of sure. course. But 10 days later, I woke up. And the funny thing is, like, it, it's it's funny living through something like that, right? Just because you're the one who lived through it. But after everything when everybody was telling me their side of of the story i was able to put the whole story together and exactly what was going on because when you're out of it you don't know yeah all you know is when you wake up and you're just like oh shit, what's going on yeah so what, <laughs> i just missed 10 days out of my life yeah so what so i mean i, I would have been right. freaking out in 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 short for you to be that calm about look just take care of this baby whatever you do that is you know that i can identify with because i think well, i would be too. no this but everything else like you had yeah no but idea. this is just in like in this is just like in in, in high sense like now i can talk about oh, okay. it cool collective okay. um in the midst of it i think no matter how cool and calm and collective you are you're just scared Yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen yeah you know especially when you're pregnant and you're not just about yourself it's about another human being growing inside of you so i i did i freaked out once they would take me to to put me in a coma um i was shaking but i only had time to text my sisters and that's why i did that um i didn't have time to call anybody Wow. so yeah and then of course when i came to when i woke up from the the coma it took a few days to kind of grasp what's going on and because you go you go get intubated you're pregnant and then you wake up and you're like you're not pregnant anymore and there's like you know a big scar in your midsection wow, so i cannot imagine it is it's all it's all very bizarre and then if i tell you like some of the stories and oh my god it's just it's a lot it was a lot <laughs> But how did how did you find out? I'm pretty sure one of my parents called me mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, I think one of your flight attendants. She was in the hospital. She had a baby. You know, they haven't been. Able, she hasn't been able to see her. It's all over the news." And then I went on Facebook, and lo and behold, there was all this like, I, I saw your face. 
because I don't really watch Oof. the news much. I read like newspapers and I see your face and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, not Joe, because I know what this baby means to you and how much you wanted her and how you were. I mean, when we met, I was in immediately in awe and had so much respect for you because you were like, (laughs) if I can do a Joe impression, it was like, yeah, I'm 39, um, maybe 40 (laughs) next year. And, uh, yeah, I want a baby. I, I, you know, I've always wanted to be a mother, so I'm going to be one. (laughs) I was like, well, all right. Like I had never heard that before. Someone so clear on what they, you know I mean? Like you had that on your mind. That was something you were going to do. And I was curious on what your plan was to get there. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't I no remember asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, hurry it up. Yeah. Yeah. I just was so in awe. I was like, good for you. And I want details, but you know, I didn't want to be rude and ask <laughs> too many. Mm-hmm. Because I was such an open book with everyone that I worked with. I'm like, okay, so this is my journey. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the way you about talked it. about it was literally like, you know, yeah, I'm going to have small a baby because I need to. It was small talk. Like most, so people know when flight attendants are talking, we don't have a whole lot of time to like talk. It's usually until we get to the layover. So right. when you're kind of getting to know each other, or, you know, you're a lot, oftentimes you're just meeting them for the first time, even though you've seen mm-hmm. them around the airport. So there's always kind of like, let me use some pleasantries. So the way Joe talked about it was if I said, as if I said, Hey, Row 12 needs more sugar. And you were like, yeah, okay, I'll bring them five packets and I'm going to have a baby by the time I'm 40. Okay, bye. <laughs> it was so <laughs> like, so a matter of fact, but just you just were very clear on it. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I had so many questions. Like, so now I get to ask them, ah. which one of them, now I do. So now yes. I guess w- one of my first questions I wanted to ask you then was what was 39 for you leading up to 39 what was the significance of that year for you well there there really wasn't no significance it was just like wow i'm getting older biological clock is ticking i said to myself if i'm not pregnant by 40 i am not going to try anymore because Mm -hmm. i don't want to be an old mom (laughs) even Mm -hmm. though i was kind of already you know yeah yeah well to be a mom well, the thing yeah, is, you but, know, once you get to 35, you think you, you hear that it's, it's, you're an older mom, but you, right, you know, for you, your head. yeah, for you, 39 was, I'm getting up there. Yeah. So I think that's what I, I told myself is like, what if I hit 40 and I'm not pregnant, I'm just going to live my single best life, you mm-hmm. know? So that's why I was like, okay, I have to give it all. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but I gave it my all. So I started taking relationships very seriously. I, I think. Around 37, 38, I was like, let me start taking these relationships, these guys more seriously. And maybe I can, you know, get a relationship and have a baby together. You know, the whole wonderful thing that everybody Mm -hmm. wants. But that didn't happen by the age of 38. And I was just like, okay, time is ticking. So I think around 38, I started asking ex-boyfriends for sperm. I started... Wait, um, wait, back up. Because it's an example of how you even told me that you wanted to have a baby it was just as a matter of fact it's just that in each person that actually tried to help me give me free sperm 
<laughs> situations that happen with that. So one mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend said no. The other ex-boyfriend said yes. He said no initially, but then he came back around. He, he said, had no, some. Did he have some? Me. Yeah. He did. He have some weight. Like you can only have sperm if I wanted to do the you know have sex with them pretty much and then get pregnant like that and i wanted i was very specific and i was like i just want your sperm you don't need to be involved i'm gonna take care of this child on my own i want sole responsibility for this child right and so that ex-boyfriend said no initially like i said and then he came around and he said yes and then uh we started having sex and then I think we only tried for like three months and it, when nothing was happening. So I was just like, okay, then. Um, also, I think we stopped because in all honesty, I started having feelings mm-hmm. again. And he is not partner material, boyfriend yeah. material, husband material. I was going to ask if there was some feelings that would, you know, on someone's end, it could be a way to kind of manipulate the situation and negotiate a little bit more out of it than just sperm right but i i didn't want him in my life as a partner i just wanted he's a good guy but he's just mm-hmm. not partner material um mm-hmm. so i just want his sperm <laughs> so can you run down just you know if there's anybody else out there that's as empowered to, to do the same thing can you just give us a template of how that conversation goes like so i'm so i'm the ex-boyfriend and you <laughs> call <laughs> I actually I, just, went, I was like so hey do you want to go have lunch and then we went to have sure lunch, Joe I'd then... love to have lunch I'd love to have lunch <laughs> so we went out for lunch okay and, and then it was very I haven't seen him in a while when we went out beforehand and so we were just catching up about other stuff do you order then, food first Is yes it, you know you gotta warm them up warm you can't up. just be like <laughs> Okay. Hey, I need. I, I need the detail for a while. Yeah. But can I have those swimmers? So I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we we ate lunch and whatnot, and I was like, oh, so you know, the real reason why I asked you here, and um, initially he said no because he was worried about how he would feel giving his sperm and not having part in this child's life, and then I said I will work with him if he wants to be part of the child's life. That's fine. Um, but I want to raise a child how I want to raise a child. It falls on me. And that's why he said no. But then he came back around he, and his reason was like, oh, I want to make you happy. He did have an awkward feeling the first time that we tried, though, because he was like, man, if it happens, like, am I really like, how am I going to feel? That be So emotions were going through him. Like, I'm not going to be part of this child's life. I was like, if you want to be part of the child's life, of course, I'm not going to take that away. But I just need you to know that I will be 100% responsible for this child. Um, I want to raise a child how I want to raise a child. I know it's kind of like, I don't know, selfish, but it's hard when raising a child, even with you're in a relationship with somebody else, because you think you're going to parent this way and you oh, think yeah. you guys are in the same, you know, page on this and then when the child actually comes here there's you know tension oh, yeah. fighting because of how you want to do this and i don't agree so i didn't want to go through all that I just oh yeah wanted... that's how a lot of relationships break up just you know exactly. marriages have fallen apart from just having an idea of how you want to raise a kid and having totally different 
you know, perspectives on that. Views, so. yeah. So, and yeah. I knew all this because I've been around, you know, relationships. I've been really, I've been around people with kids, my, you know, siblings, friends, and I, you know, you see it. So yeah, so that was that, and then we tried. Like it didn't happen with him. That's not the father of my child. I see. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, we're getting that, to the juicy that part. Was, yes, I actually met the father of my child before asking the ex-boyfriends. Um, I met the father of my child through work and he just was very adamant about dating me. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm not looking for a relationship. I want sperm. Do you want to give me sperm? I <laughs> dead serious. That was like one of the first things I said, very right to the point. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He thought I was joking around. I was like, no, I'm serious. I'm not here to look for love. <laughs> I just want a baby. He goes, how about, a, how about a date? And I said, you don't understand me what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could get to know each other, of course, but right. I'm not trying to date you. And he's like, <laughs> about a date, like at least a little like, you know, coffee date. I said, fine. I mean, and that's reasonable, Joe. Just, I mean, can I get a cup I of coffee know. out of this? <laughs> <laughs> But I just didn't want him to get the wrong impression that like I wanted so funny. to have a relationship. Yeah. I'm looking you were for being a relationship. Clear. Was, yes, exactly. And then so it took a while for me to go on an actual date with him. Um, and then so we did. And then, you know, we, I guess we hit it off and we started hanging out. He was very adamant about not wanting kids. I said, I want kids just to let you know if it happens. I will not be getting an abortion or anything like that. I'll be having my child. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want kids, maybe you should take precaution or maybe you should just not have sex with me. Right. Simple as that, right? Right. And I got pregnant. <laughs> I got pregnant three the months irony. in. I'm, that, the irony, especially because I didn't know about the one before that you had asked. Everything. I got pregnant three months in. Um, okay. And then, so what happened with this pregnancy is I miscarried. And then, so I actually told him, uh, after I miscarried and, um, he was taken back. I felt really, I, I hated this feeling. I felt, I just felt bad because I know he didn't want a child and here I am pregnant and I didn't want that feeling. I remember uh, I, I wanted the child, but I miscarried. And I was like, okay, it's not meant to happen like mm -hmm. this. He doesn't want a child. I've told him once I had the miscarry. And I was just like, okay, then we just can't have sex anymore. Because I don't want to feel that way. Knowing that you don't want a child. And here I am, like, pregnant with your child. So I'm not going to have sex with you anymore. I did stop having sex with him. And I said, I was, I'm going to try other ways to get pregnant um, so I can't be with you. Because, you know, the last thing you need at 39 right. <laughs> is thing you need sleeping at with multiple people at one point. Be like, oh, who's the baby daddy? No, right. none of that. So um, that is when I started asking the ex-boyfriends and for their sperm. And, and that's when that situation happened. And at that time, I, I was barely speaking to the father of my child. So I was just getting frustrated with this. It just wasn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So my last resort was IVF. Um, 
So what I did is I went to the clinic um, and then I got my t testing done. And, and the next step was uh, to purchase sperm. But before I did that, the father of my child, it was his birthday. So what I did is I texted him happy birthday. The text happy birthday led to, hey, you're going to be here um, in the same city that I'm in. Uh, how about going for dinner and a movie for my birthday? That led to him coming over the uh, the hotel room. And yeah, so <laughs> we conceived Zion that No night. way, um, Joe. Yes. And you know crazy. why I think... Oh, well, first of all, he already got me pregnant before, so I guess we know his swimmers are strong. But because um, he right, also think that it was because I was a, uh, a lot less stressed about getting pregnant uh, because I knew I was doing the IVF. I was just like, <laughs> right. have fun and just have sex. And so um, I thought he would be more careful because he didn't want kids, and he wasn't, and. I was okay with it. And what was his reaction when you told him? How did you tell him that now you were pregnant? Um, yeah, well, um, I waited until, uh, because of the first miscarriage, I waited till the pregnancy was viable. And I think it was just like, what, close to two months or so. And I told him, and he was, he was a little shocked. He thought he, I wasn't because he hasn't heard from me. And, um, his response was, uh, was hurtful, which started off our relationship as parents <laughs> in a bad, but we live in different States, uh, East coast, West coast. So it was already going to be hard for him to be part of, um, the whole journey, the mm -hmm. pregnancy. And we did talk and he did want to be part of the child's life. And I was, uh, wanting it as well because mm -hmm. you can say so many things when you're before you're pregnant or, or whatnot but when you're pregnant those hormones you know and you're just like wait no, i want you to be part of this child's life right and um you know you just want you you want the child to feel the love of her father and mm -hmm. um it was hard for him to be there um for many reasons besides just being in the other side of of the of the country and then COVID happened. And then after COVID, he was all talk, no action. So, <laughs> I see. I see. yeah. So, um, so now design... you're doing this alone for sure. So, which, yeah. So, which is what which you is were... ironic. It was just weird because that's initially what I wanted. I know. Right. Right. It's, it's, it, it's, it's weird. I feel like dumb complaining about it. No, but... I, I think it's fair to, you had, you, you went into this, like I said, from what, the time I met you, that is what you wanted. But then over mm -hmm. time, I mean, it's real. you're human. I would, I would expect that there are some feelings that maybe developed, like, you know, he, he's not a bad guy. You know, he, we're, this is initially what I want. I wanted something, you know, different, but maybe I can reconsider and open up to the possibility of something else. But then apparently from what you're saying by his actions and his words, not matching you, you right. ended up back to square one of what you wanted. And you, you got a beautiful baby girl. Out yes. Of it. It's amazing. 
I just want her not to feel any um, void because then you start thinking about like, you know, the father issues, the father's not involved and all that thing. So I want to try my hardest, you know, even if her dad wants to come in later and be like, okay, I want to be part of her life now. Like I will welcome that. Like I want you to be part of the life. I just don't like that whole, yes, I'll be, no, I'll be, yes, I'll be, like, in and out, in and out situation. Right. As I need consistency as everybody, every child needs, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so every, hopeful every child that, needs that, will, that that will happen. Yeah. But I am a I'm 100% single mama over here. <laughs> and how is trying that to like make it happen so well no you're making it happen i always try to remove try out of my language too because you're doing it you know what i mean you're you're you are doing it so now mm-hmm. when so now we know that um from the beginning of our your, our chat that you this whole issue with covid happened zion gets born and literally you know c-section six months you know born at six months you were out for 10 days and didn't get to meet your child for 10 days right no it was covid um the nikki was in lockdown uh, oh. just because i came out of coma i was not at all i was completely out of it um i had to relearn how to walk how to because you lose all your muscle um when you're laying in the bed i was in the hospital for three weeks and so I had to relearn everything. Um, and that was purely because of COVID or, or purely all, because of COVID because of the, what the effects that it had on your health and your breathing and all, and all of that and being intubated for that long. Correct. Yeah. I was at the hospital, right? Mind you, it's COVID. So not a lot of people could come in your room. Mm-hmm. So when I say the postpartum, um, care, was really pushed aside and then so my c-section you know it was just like I don't know I felt like even getting cleaned if I like uh, went on myself was hard because people couldn't come into your room right as much for their protection and I get it so all the pretty much a lot of the care besides COVID was pushed aside um and uh, there was one point that they came and they cleaned me down there while I was in the hospital. And they were looking at my wound and all. And they were looking at the nurses just started looking at each other. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> and they're like, one of the nurses says, she's like, well, I'm not taking that out because it looks big. And the other one was like, yeah, she might hemorrhage. Like, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. mind you, I can't talk. Because once you're you're intubated and they take you, like, you're just like, you can't for a bit. And then I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? They were like, we have to call the other doctor, the doctor in, just give us a second. And then so the doctor came. She looked at me down there and she was just like, okay. She goes, you have a lot of blood clots. I'm going to physically have to go in there and take them out. Let me tell you, I didn't birth a child vaginally, but... The woman taking both of her hands, putting them inside of my vajayjay while the nurses hold my, press my belly down and massage it down, trying to get those blood clots out. While I have a C-section, girl, I was in such pain. 
Jones. I was just like, oh my god. I felt like, um, I don't know. I felt like this was like this should have been like a scene at from Handmaid's Tale. Have you ever seen Handmaid's Tale? Yes. <laughs> I love that you can even joke about this right now because you know because it's just I, it so... passed. I lived it. It's gone. Yeah, it's, done with. it's just so right. It's just so much that you had to deal with. So when did you oh get goodness. to finally see Zion and hold Zion? Well, after I was discharged, I went home uh, and at my sister's house under her care. They were taking care of me. Then, then, and I was able to see Zion through a webcam that they had in the NICU. So they had a little camera on top of the incubator, and I could just log in um, and see her anytime. And I can call the nurses at any time. I saw her once at the hospital, once through the webcam and once through a picture. Because once I came out of the coma, the nurses actually gave me a picture of her. And I actually pushed it away. Um, I was not emotionally ready for it at all. And uh, when I was in the hospital, uh, after I was getting a little better, I was just like, when am I going to go to the maternity ward? I want to go to the maternity ward. I want to go to the maternity ward. They actually lied to me. They were like, okay, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take you to the maternity ward. And I was so excited. And I was just like pushing, pushing myself to actually be able to open a, a bottle of water, you know, able to feed myself. And there was one point that I, everybody was busy. Nobody was paying attention to me. And I was like, I want to get up. So I was trying real hard pushing because at this moment I didn't have that much uh, upper body strength but I couldn't really move my feet at all my legs at but all your mama like like your your weight. mama that lion mama lioness mama instinct was like <laughs> I want to see my baby so you found yes. all kinds of strength that you didn't even have before Girl, I was trying to get up and the nurse saw me and she was like what are you doing they were screaming at me because like you're gonna hurt yourself and she's right I would have I would have just fell flat on my face <laughs> but I wanted to get out I wanted to go to maternity ward they were like yeah yeah we're gonna transfer you tonight and then when they transferred me girl they didn't transfer me to a maternity ward they transferred me to the COVID recovery room like floor whatever it was I was so sad I was crying and crying and crying. And they were like, well, you know, you can't go because the Nikki was on lockdown and you're still recovering from COVID and da 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 da. So when I then I saw her once in the webcam in the recovery floor. And then when I went home, I was discharged. Um, I couldn't how, see her. I couldn't log into the so webcam. So how, how long did this it take was, for you to be discharged? After I got discharged, it took me like about two days or something like that, two to three days to see her, the webcam. My sister actually um, helped me. She logged me in. She was like, you know, she can feel you through, you know, and just telling me that she needs me to see her. And I was like, okay, okay. But it was hard. It was hard. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I don't want to talk about that because I will start tearing up. <laughs> I just, I just started tearing up. Yeah, that part was really hard doesn't matter everything else but that part just looking at my child just so sick you know and not being able to be there that was the hardest part what your sister said about she just needs you to see her she can still mm -hmm. that I yeah that was hard that 
I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, she's it's okay. She's healthy now. Yeah, no, I was about <laughs> to say is like you got yeah. your girl, but I mean mm-hmm. I, this reunion. I want now we want to talk about the yeah. reunion. What was that like when you got to hold this miracle, this baby? Yes. Um. So she was born April first. I was discharged of the hospital April 16th, and I was able to see her by the end of May. I was able to see her. Um, I was, I was, I was really pushing myself to walk. I was like, I'm walking every day, like back and forth in the room with the walker and just getting stronger. I was like, oh, I can walk. I can walk on my own. And um, I went to, to the hospital. My sister went with me. But because of COVID, she couldn't come up with me, only myself. In the room, it seems like when you don't have a long way to walk, it feels like you can walk quickly, mm-hmm. you know, quicker than, than you think. Mm-hmm. And then you I go to like, a big space and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't really walk still. How much and further do like, I have to go? <laughs> yeah, they were like, do you need a wheelchair? I was like, no, I don't need a wheelchair. So I took the uh, took the elevator up and I'm walking. I was like, I think I need a wheelchair. <laughs> so they got me a wheelchair. Then they brought me to her room. Zion had her own room because they had to treat her like she had COVID because mm-hmm. she came from a COVID mom. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She was born with uh, no COVID. I wasn't able to hold her. I was just able to see her through the NICU because she was feeling a little too ill that day. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to disturb her. So I wasn't able to hold her. So I had to wait for the next week. I was only able to see her once a week because the NICU was only open from like, I don't know, a few hours in the day. And at the time I was living, I was staying in Connecticut under my sister's care and Zion was always in Jersey. And so she could only take me once a week, which I'm so grateful for, you know, for her being able to drive me back and forth. So we would drive to the hospital. I would have to get tested every week to be able to see Zion. Yeah, to I'm make sure, sure more you know. than willing, more than willing, you take ten tests to go see her at this point. I mean, oh my God, yes. Yeah. And then I think when they stopped the testing, I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I was so paranoid. I was like, no, people but should I still get keep tested. Ba- yeah, make you baby safe. What are you talking about? Yeah, my poor baby. She was in the NICU for, and mind you, like in the NICU, I wasn't able to stay with her. It was only visits. And she was in, and I couldn't even bring her my little stuffed toy or her clothes. They didn't let me bring anything in. And um, she was there for about three months. And then they transferred her over to the Children's Rehabilitation Hospital. Uh, right next door, which I was so ecstatic because I was able to stay with her there. So I was, I was like, oh my God, yes. The first time you were able to hold your heart. So the first time I was able to hold her, it was the second NICU visit, um, which was frightening. And I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I was frightened because she was just attached to so many tubes, you know, and it was, it was hard. It was a process of getting her out of the NICU into my arms. I had to be right next to up next to the NICU. Um, and just to see her in all those tubes and you can hardly see her face because all these tubes are covering her face. And 
and in her mouth and it was hard it was very very hard and i remember like one of her hands was so swollen she had like an iv right here and it it was just so hard to see your child like that you know um so just crying 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 um so that was that was the first time i was able to to hold her and um after that i would hold her every time i would go there you know they had to help me bring her i wouldn't bring her out they would bring her out to me but the day that she got transferred over to the children's hospital i was there when she graduated and <laughs> her first graduation the, ceremony yeah <laughs> so in the children's hospital i was able i cried so much because that was the first time i was actually able to hold her without any gloves or any you know the gowns any protective cover like i was able to touch her skin to feel her that was just like i was like cuz you everybody tells you especially the nicu baby like preemie babies how important it is to get skin to skin mhm i was not able to do that for her at all cuz covid messed everything up right covid <laughs> oh covid but you i'm sure you have been making up for that fact every single day so tell <laughs> us about zion now zion is a full blown toddler right now <laughs> throwing tantrums and she's she's learned a new dance right now shake your booty you just say shake 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 your booty and she shakes her booty <laughs> she, this is her shaking her booty she goes up and down oh, <laughs> oh right it's a modest one it's it's modest i like it. yeah Aww. looking over her shoulder going up and down oh it's so cute um she's the cutest thing uh i like a lot of uh we do a lot of uh, little mommy me matchy matchy clothes photo shoots you know if you see my instagram or her instagram i love dressing her and taking pictures <laughs> I love your I love watching your Instagram. It's like it's great to see her grow up into like just, mm-hmm. you know, a normal baby girl, especially knowing her journey to us and to you. So, it's just so yeah, nice. Yeah, I think to see that's the picture. the first year that was like I guess the most scariest thing because um with with preemies there's complications, right? Yeah. So, she she left the almost close to 5 months uh she left the hospital and she just got out of oxygen when they um discharged her and wow. they gave me extra oxygen just in case you know she had to she needed some at home but mm-hmm. she went home with a feeding tube so she's always had feeding issues for a long time um even after the feeding tube she's slower in, in that in that field um mm-hmm. And then she had a a a PDA opening in in the heart so they had to go in and then they had to close it. When that happened, I think that really hit hard because I was just like this girl's been through so much already like what more? <laughs> but she's going to be like, so fierce. Like it, it's yeah, a given being your daughter one and then knowing I mean she came out fighting. You both like fought for your lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like so I have yeah, no doubt. Sure and I just want to I just want to on behalf of all preemies out there because I too was a preemie. I was born at 7 months mm. and was 3 pounds 
except I did not have a feeding issue because those Haitians were like, we're going to force feed this baby (laughs) to these five pounds, whatever these pounds need to be for this baby to be discharged. We are giving it as much as we can. I mean, and to the point by the time I got home, um, for the first few months home, I gained so much weight that you would not have thought that I was, they were feeding. I was a brown little dumpling. Oh my goodness. Um, but if oh I was a preemie God. in 78, I have hope that preemies in this time frame should get yeah. all the care. We've just come, f- you know, so far in, in, in medicine that thank I would God. Hope. thank God. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I loved about your story and what, especially knowing you and being so happy for you, uh, so many people, there was a community. I feel, I don't, I, I don't know if you felt that way. I should ask oh, of how you felt yes. because it looked like from the outside, people were taking care of my girl and I, you know, could help you from afar, even though I couldn't get to Connecticut. Just watching how the whole world like seemed to just rally around you guys, because once your story got viral, it was just an influx of like, here, you know, what do you need? You know, we're praying for you. We're thinking oh about you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How was that? What did that feel like to ha- like go from, you know, Joe, Joe from the block, right? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, it, to it, that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, you feel loved. You feel so loved. I felt so loved. I was like, wow, I just can't believe the power. First of all, when I came out, everyone was telling me how much they were praying for me and Zion and how they had prayer circles. And now I think a lot of prayer circles have evolved, uh, have started because of the pandemic as well. You know, everybody mm-hmm. was just, it was just a scary time in the beginning as well. You're just like, you, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but you resort to prayer, I guess. Right. When yeah. I mean, things what? are tough can't hurt right whether you are religious so, or not just the thought that people just to know that people are thinking of you and doing whatever right. they feel is necessary <laughs> to support you and to give you that strength and love from afar that's got to feel good no matter what i mean the power the power of prayer the power of community it is unbelievable you know and i just felt so loved i felt just held like everybody was holding me when I needed it the most and Zion and I yeah. you know and What's... all of that energy towards us it was is what lifted us up of course lifted us up and I was just so thankful yeah no I'm just so glad to see you through the other side it's just and I just I just see nothing but amazing things for Zion it's, a kid doesn't come into that much turmoil and the world like that and not be an absolute w- warrior you know what i mean like <laughs> and like i said it, the the apple i hope i can fall. handle her that's what i'm like <laughs> that's that that's yet that remains to be seen but the apple doesn't <laughs> fall far from the tree so um i'm just i'm really happy to Thank hear you. This episode is dedicated to all the single rock stars who are finding themselves at a mature age and longing to meet their babies. Joe's story is a reminder that there are many roads to motherhood and one path doesn't make you more of a mother. Remember that your road to baby is the right one for you.
Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, new mommy at 40. We'll see you next week.